This is the story of the New World Sonata told one verse at a time. Light, extrasensory, abstraction of an esper's cantra, conduit for telepathy and other forms of cantric communication such as astral projection, commonly referred to as a ghost. Learned via scripture during the foundational development period of an esper's introduction to the chorus. Light is typically expressed in modern espers in the form of a chime or a sonic motif. See also, cantra. The Chorus, Ghosting, Telepathy, Espers. Chapter 7, The Farmer and the Bridge. Good morning, students. First day today. The date is Kyobi Retin 16th. Let's start with some announcements. Those of you competing in the Spring Blossom Interleague, registration ends tomorrow. Be sure to sign up your troop. It's been years since Branch has taken the title, so let's make a strong showing, shall we? Good luck to all of you contestants who have already registered. We are cheering for you. Let's show some spirit, shall we? Settle down, settle down, settle down. Now, on to assignments. Your sculpting projects are due at the end of the week, so please remember to bring them in. As a reminder, you will be graded on the strength, glaze, and finish of your burnish. I'm expecting good things, given the high pyromancy scores in this room last semester. On to the lecture. Please turn to section 12, stanza 5 of your Giza Cantos. <coughs> is Persephone. Since you are so irresistibly chatty today, why don't you lead us through the reading? Unless you think it's best for me to rearrange your seating away from Aesdaria. Uh, um, excuse me, Hassan. Apologies, Hassan. Well? Aeus Persephone. Um, sorry. What page are we on again? <sighs> Section 12, stanza 5. Oh, right. <clears throat> Section 12, stanza 5. Um, the farmer and the bridge. There once was a farmer who lived on the edge of town. She grew yams, which she tilled faithfully on her land all year round. Every season, she would take the old oak bridge across the canyon to the market to trade her yams. One day, on her way to town, she came across a child, sitting alone on the old oak bridge. The child was clothed simply and stared silently into the valley below. Child, said the farmer, why are you alone? Where are your folk? I was left alone because I am a bad child, 
said the child to the farmer. Why is that? questioned the farmer. What makes you a bad child? The child answered, We went to the park to fly kites, and one got stuck in a tree, so I changed to a bird to fetch it. But as I flew, I knocked over the beekeeper's beehive. The beekeeper was upset, and I was told I was a bad child. We went to the lake to catch fish, but the fish were all swimming too fast, so I changed to an eel, and I shocked them out of the water. But all the fishermen had no more fish to catch. The fishermen were upset, and I was told I was a bad child. We went to the farm to plant vegetables, so I changed to a mandrake to dig through the dirt. But as I dug, other mandrakes saw me and came and ruined the soil. The ranger was upset, and I was told that I was a bad child. Everywhere I went, I was told I had done wrong and that I was a bad child, so I was left here, away, so I cannot do bad. The farmer nodded to the child's story. You are not a bad child, said the farmer. Come with me. You will help me with my work and I will teach you to live a respectable life. You will learn to be good. The child followed the farmer and became her disciple. The farmer kept faithful to her promise, rearing the child. She taught him to turn the soil, plant the seeds, water the crops, and harvest the yams. As years went by, the strength of the child's cantra bloomed. The farm grew more bountiful, and the two lived well and in peace. One day, when the child had become a young man, the farmer decided to make a change to her usual trip to town. Come with me, the farmer told the child. I will not be liked, said the child. No, you will be accepted. You are a good child. I want you to help me carry the yams, said the farmer. The child went with the farmer to town, helping the aging farmer carry their plentiful harvest of yams with his cantra. When they arrived at the market in the town square, many were eager to trade for their fresh produce. As the farmer's harvest drew more attention around the market, some townsfolk began to recognize the child. Some remembered the troublemaker and glared. One person approached and spoke up. You are not welcome here, the person said to the child. The child did not respond. He continued to help the farmer trade her yams. Some more people noticed and began to follow as their suspicions were confirmed. You are not welcome here, they echoed, gathering into a bigger and bigger crowd. The child ignored their scorn, keeping silent, but more and more joined the jeering in the market. Without a response from the child, the crowd began to turn to the farmer. Why did you bring him here? Voices called out to the farmer. Some of them were even patrons from only moments before. He is not welcome. Take him away. He is not a bad child, responded the farmer. He is not wanted, came the shouts from the crowd. He is beyond your help. You know this. We want to be rid of him. Be gone, the crowd demanded. The farmer refused to back down. We have done no harm, leave us be. The crowd stirred louder. Be gone, they chanted, louder and louder. You are not welcome here. Your things are not welcome here. Some began throwing their yams back at the farmer. The farmer kept stalwart and stood her ground. As she did what she could to cover the child from the objects of the gathering mob, she noticed a different stir in the child. The child lurched forward and stepped towards the crowd. What are you doing, child? We must leave, asked the farmer, confused and concerned. The child did not respond. He insisted on moving forward to meet the people in the market. Child, what are you doing? We must go. Fear began to enter the farmer's heart. The crowd around them did not relent. One stray toss pelted the farmer upon her head. Oof. She winced in pain as she heard a single voice in the midst do the same from her cantress feedback, but the discomfort from that voice somehow continued until it grew to screams. The farmer turned towards the crowd. 
their chants died away to a singular body moaning in agony, writhing on the market floor. The farmer looked back to the child. As she looked upon his trembling face, she saw his hollow eyes, and horror overcame her. The child had gone awry. You are a demon, said the farmer. The child did not answer. His cantress sang a baleful song and tore through the market. His roar buckling streets, dismantling wagons, leveling buildings. Pandemonium ensued as carnage fell upon the market. The farmer watched in terror as the demon's desire for destruction knew no bounds. The child's cantor had been composed outside the chorus, and its dissonance could not be silenced. She stood helpless as her disciple wandered through the town, leaving only ruin in his wake. By nightfall, nothing remained of the village that the farmer had fed through all her years. The few who survived hid themselves out of sight, cowering and frozen in fear of the child's wrath. Beyond disbelief, the farmer walked alone out of town towards the old oak bridge across the canyon. There she waited. Long into the night, the demon emerged from the wreckage of the town, trudging slowly towards the bridge. As the child arrived, he saw the farmer standing at the middle of the pass. He carefully approached. I'm sorry, cried the child. The child walked closer to the farmer. The farmer waited. She waited for him to join her in the middle of the suspension, one step at a time, one foot after another. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, the child sobbed quietly. I know, the farmer replied. The farmer brought her disciple into her embrace. I know, she repeated. She clung tightly to the child. She looked upon the child's face. The light in his pupils quivered from the swelling tears but the farmer remembered the hollow of his eyes. Many townsfolk had perished that day. The farmer made her decision. She cut the rope suspending the bridge. The farmer and the child fell into the chasm and the demon was no more. Coda section 12, stanza five. Thank you, Ace Persephone. Now, students who would like to lead us in the discussion of the meaning behind this passage. Sheesh, that was some heavy stuff, huh? Hazel? Hazel, hey, hey, Hazel. Hazel, you, you. Hazel? Hazel! Toga? Oh, stars. Hey, hey. It's all right, boy. It's all right. That, uh, that sure was a dream. Hey, hey there. It's all right, boy. I'm fine. We're fine. New World Sonata is written by Eugene Zhou and produced by Karsten Otto. The voice of Faye Persephone is Serena Berman. The voice of the faculty member is Tommy Schutz. 
sound effects and music by Rayla Kay and Luke Santi. Audio treatment and mixing by Rayla Kay. Mastering by Luke Santi. Narration by Abby Aw. Visit our show notes for links to more of our voice actors and sound designers' work. Subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Facebook, and YouTube. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to spread the chorus. If you would like to support New World Sonata, you can find us on Patreon. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, take care. And may the Davis watch over.